This episode of the PC Perspective Podcast is brought to you by Kaspersky Total Security. Kaspersky Lab's award-winning internet security software gives 400 million users the power to protect their banking, browsing, shopping, and socializing from dangerous online threats. Get 50% off Kaspersky Lab's premium software. Go to kaspersky.com and use code PCPER at checkout. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 405 being recorded on June 22nd, 2015. I'm Ryan Shrout. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrus. And I'm Alan Malventano. We always have to remind him that he's doing a podcast, right? Like, yeah. He's surprised. He's very easily distracted. I, I thought he just oh, sat like this all day waiting for someone to <laughs> Skype him. <laughs> kind of true. Oh, shit. Somebody called me. Oh. I mean, I'm almost 44 years old. I mean, what do you expect out of me? Man. Not a whole lot. 44. No. Oof. Oof. I'm like, I'm only like 34. Yep. I started this when I was 25. Man, was you seven, started late. I was 17 or something. Yeah. You started this podcast when you were 25? Yes. That's why that I've been made me... here waiting, looking constipated. Uh, well, Okay. Yeah. Right, yeah, that's fine. Um, so uh, this is, it is T minus one week from uh, launch of the RX 480. That thing right there? This card that we got in today. Oh. I've already dissected it and, and benchmarked it. Uh-huh. I'm going to tell everybody all about it. Okay. Next week. Next week. Yeah, I heard all the cool kids on the internet got to show them off today. Yeah, well, actually, the yeah. coolest kids got to show them off yesterday, Josh. Well, the coolest. I guess you're, you're one wrong hang out down. That's okay. We didn't. Nobody got a driver until today, apparently. But <laughs> otherwise, you know, the whole paperweight phenomenon. So the exists. cool kids got to just look at it. Yeah, but look at it. Day. It's a nice looking card. Yeah, yeah. I, I th- well, I'm, most of their reviews, anyways. I'm allowed mm-hmm. to show what it is. It doesn't have any LEDs on it. They counted the screws on it. <laughs> One, two, yeah, just two. Only two <laughs> screws. Okay, Rodney. <laughs> Actually, uh, does that front plate come off, or is it riveted? I mean, I don't know. Anything comes off if you try hard enough. No, it's got screws on it. Really? Yeah. yeah. I don't think I'm supposed to show you pictures of the inside of it yet, but I mean, I don't think anybody told me specifically to not. I don't know. There's uh-huh, the back. Okay. It's a short PCB. We'll talk about all this in a second. Um, welcome to the show, everybody. We talk about computer hardware and stuff sometimes. Uh, we record the show on Wednesday nights um, at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific at pcper.com slash live. Uh, and... We do that there. There's a chat room. You can come hang out. It's a lot of fun. If you need gentle reminders, uh, we have a, a notifications list, if you will. You can subscribe to a little mailing list here, old school email mailing list, where I'll basically send you a notice an hour, two hours before we do the show as a gentle reminder that, hey, by the way, we're doing this thing. Um, that's at pcper.com slash subscribe. So if you go to that URL, you get this little page. Ask for your name, your email address. And then congratulations, you're signed up. So we're, we're, we're trying to figure out right now if we're going to do anything for um, the launch of the RX 480 next week or not. We're still kind of up in the air. We're, we're trying to figure that out. So if we do that, we'll probably have prizes and thus you'll probably want to be on that mailing list so that you can know a day or two in advance uh, that you'll want to uh, pay attention to that particular live stream. So sign up for that damn mailing list, I guess, is what I'm, is what I'm getting at. And the other thing you can sign up for is our Patreon campaign uh, patreon.com slash pcpers is the URL for that. Takes you to page, describes what we're doing, describes why we are on Patreon. Uh, and as is usually the case, uh, anybody that adds to or um, 
uh, uh, is a new contributor to uh, the Patreon campaign. We'll get their name or title or whatever the hell they put in that field uh, on Patreon Red during the show. I will say, and I predicted this would happen, our actual um, per month cost or dollar amount has been going down slightly okay. as people who who very generously became Patreons at 50 or 30 or $20 a month thought, you know, okay, as it turns out, Alan is not worth $30 a month. Not in the least. Mm-hmm. I'm going to back this down to 15 or I'm going to back this down to 10 And so our per monthly thing has been going down. And it's, it's made Josh very depressed. They're pissed off because Ken left. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I wanted the mailbag, the M-A-L-E bag. <laughs> yep. Ken didn't leave. Ken is, heard, Ken is literally the podcast. All of the interaction that the audience has ever had with Ken <laughs> continues to exist. It's true. They really don't even have any inkling that anything has changed. It's true. But we get well, none of the other benefits that well, we used to have. This is true. <laughs> the oh, oh wait, what? <laughs> what? No, the they, they've noticed an and an, <laughs> they noticed a tick up in uh, selfie video. So obviously, that's true. I've that's left. true. That's true. I was going to say a tick up in productivity, but maybe that's not the case. No, no. I don't know. I, there's that. a lot of shit unreviewed in this office. Office. Yeah, but that was the case regardless of whether or not you were here. <laughs> no, I was, so. I was perfect. Yeah, of that, course you were. Uh, but maybe. We're not going to say what you were. But maybe. Oh. <laughs> uh, so if you go to patreon.com slash pcper and start bumping that up, we would love to do the M-A-L-E bag, which... <laughs> That's horrible. I... So I is that also you. when we, like, stuff Ken in a bag and then swing him around the office... Maybe no, get out what, some broomsticks. Alan's smaller. Hanging from the ceiling. Okay, Josh, Alan. Speaking small, we're going to have a church soon. <laughs> oh, no. Think of the swing you can get there. I think they have a dedicated room for that in churches. Well, you they can do. just run down the aisle and get a run for it. Yeah. There is an AV room, if you know what I'm saying. And it saying, has its own there. heater. Why and couldn't you buy a Catholic own. church so there is, like, confessional? <laughs> Thank you. mean, there's... Because the- <laughs> you turn it into That's a... That's what it is. Maybe that was the confessional. <laughs> no, no, no. And they would, they would make people feel like they were sinners because they'd make it hot as hell in that room. There's so no go reason. You tore it to the confessional. So who yeah. cut this hole at waist level? Why is this large hole here? Too uncomfortable. There's no reason you can't put a confessional in any building. Uh, it just has to have people willing to use it. We'll just make the whole building the confessional. Right. Oh, man. Uh, we did have uh, Michael DePorter who edited their pledge from 1996 to $20. Mm-hmm. That is technically that is an increase. <laughs> so we appreciate it. And we, hey, $20 a up. month is an awesome contribution to our Patreon campaign. We greatly appreciate it. Um, although I don't know if that's going to show up if I refresh this page. Four pennies. I'm going to guess. Watch it go I'm up by guess a dollar. It goes from twenty thirty to nope. twenty thirty. No, it didn't. It didn't really change. Okay, so more pennies. Uh, yes, more pennies. Throw more pennies at us. <laughs> Hit aim for Josh. Just aim for Josh. I yeah, guess yeah. I was gonna say. There's nothing else. Those pennies don't hurt much. Uh, let's go to. Joe, uh... <laughs> so if you drop a penny off the Empire State Building, by the time it. Never mind. Depends on how you throw uh, look, it. Look, somebody else just edited their pledge up one penny. I, I can't. No, I'm not. No, not for one penny. It's not, <laughs> so I, now there's a limit. They wanted to know what your dance, bar was. Dance, monkey, dance. I get it. But one penny. <laughs> they wanted to. One right, penny. Let's try dimes next. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's get into the reviews uh, and news and stuff of the week. First up, we're going to talk with Alan about the Western Digital My Passport Pro, um, which is a... Is that uh, like a drink warmer? 
it, yeah, it's, so it's a coaster. coaster. It's just a coaster. Is there is this ventilation up top, or is no. that just, so I can use it as a coaster? yeah? You could. Okay. Although I want to talk about it for a minute before you do. All right. So what is it? This is a, it's an external hard drive that has some other little features and stuff. Yes. Uh, so there was a My Passport. We reviewed it like a year and a half ago or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like a one or two terabyte hard drive and small battery could keep it running on its own. It had a Wi-Fi hotspot built into it. Right. And the idea was that you could use their mobile apps, like they have a Android and iOS app, and um, or you could like just browse to it. It shows up as like a media server um, on your network. Right. Right. So you could on the go. You're traveling. You put the thing in your bag. It has an SD card reader in it. You just take um, unload or back up your SD cards, all your media to the drive on the go, and then like once you get to the hotel at the end of the day, you can do Wi-Fi pass through. Like you connect to its hotspot. It connects to hotel wi-fi mm-hmm. and it get, you get your internet through it but at the same time you can browse all of the media that's on it so it shows up as like network okay. attached storage right all designed to be like mobile and on the go so that was the first one the second one they have increased the battery enough and also added a usb 2 port to it so that you can connect to your phone a secondary usb port like well, you, have the, one, you have the primary USB 3.0 connection. Yeah, the USB 3 is to connect have, to a PC or to charge it. Okay. And then there's a USB 2 port that yeah. acts similarly to the SD card reader. Like the SD card reader sucks media in. Right. right. That will behave as if it is a PC. If you plug an iPhone into it, it'll ask, uh, do you trust this computer? And then it How do you will, answer it? It's on say, the iPhone screen. Say, yes, on the iPhone. Oh, 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 oh Like okay, just as if okay. you plugged it into any PC, right? right. Um, and if you say yes, yeah, and then it starts it, to back up the camera in, photos. If you tell it to, yeah, it'll oh, back up your whole cool. camera roll. Right? So the idea here, and this is not the only purpose of it, but I like the idea of you plug in the SD card, mm-hmm. and you don't have to attach it to a computer to tell it to do something. It will start copying the data off the SD yep. card, the photos and yep. videos, onto its local drive. So yep. either if you run out of space on your SD card, or you just need to back it up because you don't trust you know yourself to not lose your camera or lose your card or whatever. Yep. Do you have any that. rough estimate of how quickly it? copies off of the SD cards? Uh, yes. So that was actually a complaint with the first gen one. Yeah. There okay. were a couple of complaints. One was like uh, there was uh, one of these lights on the first gen one. There's a bad example here because I'm not holding the first gen one, but the first gen one only had a couple of LEDs on it. Right? Okay. And when you started the SD card transfer, one of those LEDs would like flash so that you know you kind of knew there was something going on. But A, the SD card reader was USB 2. Only about, okay. like 25 meg per second. Um, and B, there was no percentage. Like you had, you had to like, you'd have to fire up the app on your phone and log into the thing out in the field to see what the percent completion was Right on the SD card thing. Kind of a pain in the butt. Yeah. Right. Uh, well now there is a four LED thing on the top here. That's meant to be a battery percentage indicator. If you hmm. okay. hit that button, right? right? But if you put an SD card in there and you hit the button, it will start flashing like, okay, I'm working on 25%, and it'll get to the second LED. That'll start flashing, getting to 50%, right? Okay. So, so you at least get a 25% resolution percent done indicator. That it's working on um, something. And the speed know, that, is also better, too. Yes. You say the SD card import was 60 megs a second. The card was rated at 90. Yeah, the so card could have went faster, but the, the so reader... Still the reader is limiting The reader, there. it's like between 60 and 70 from what I could... I could gather. Right. So um, for like CES for us, yeah. that'd be great. Just yeah. pop the SD card in there so you know you have a back of it while you sleep for three hours. Sleep? While you sleep for three hours. What? Why would you sleep? Uh, but then you also have that. You, 
So what if you have this connected to your PC? Say we are at CES, you yep. want to work on it. If you plug it in there, it still copies it to the hard drive, and then you have immediate access to those files on the PC as well, right? Uh, not only that, but like when you browse it over the Wi-Fi network, you get the local storage as well as the other gotcha. like two devices. Yep. Right? Um, if you plug it in directly, you actually lose the Wi-Fi. It goes into direct attached mode mm-hmm. when you plug it in USB 3 to a computer. Right. Right. Then you just get the whole drive, mm. and there will be two subdirectories on that drive. One is like USB imports, the other one is SD card imports. Okay. Um, so you can browse all of the media that's been copied or moved to it, but you can't access the SD card reader or the other USB like through it when it's like direct attached, acting like a local hard drive. Right. 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 Um, so you know, kind of a limitation, but you don't have to use it that way. Right. Um, comes with a USB three cord and a two point four amp charger. That only takes, like, I think three hours to get it all the way up to 100%. Gets to 50% in, like, an hour. Um, this is a so, picture of the Gen 1 on the left and Gen 2 on the right there. Yep. Um, so the charging, you know, reasonably fast, especially considering it's, like, I think, 24-watt-hour battery pack in there. That's um, good. So I used it. I was doing a bunch of tooling around with it and, like, doing a factory restore and, like, installing the Plex server, which is actually a thing that prompts Ooh. you to do if you want to... Yeah, it does Plex server. Huh. I don't believe it transcodes. Eh, probably not. But it will offer, right? Um, I personally... Because realize if you're going to use the Plex server, you have to have the software on all the other things that you're going to be pulling. Right, you have to have the Plex over. client on other devices. Yeah, yeah and if sure. You, it, and if you don't have that then you can actually just switch back over to <clears throat> the Twonky server, which is like just whatever Western Digital used, even on the original My Passport. Okay. It's just like a really basic, you know, it's like port 9000 HTTP based. Gotcha. You go to it, you just, it'll just show you, here's, you know, here's your photos and your videos. Yeah, but Plex you know. is pretty much like the standard for... Yeah. And if you want to do it, home, you can do you it. Know, yeah. HTPC like distribution um, of content, right? Yes. So yeah. if you're into that... Fine, but if you're just, you know, more kind of like a mom and dad kind of thing, they're just like buying this thing, they just want to be able to browse their stuff yeah. out, you know, on vacation or whatever, they're probably not going to go as far as like Plex server and sure. clients and stuff, right? Right. Um, iOS app, same as it was before. Uh, no real changes there. Same kind of deal. It's just got a couple of different tabs on the bottom. You know, you can like browse your media, like videos and photos and music and stuff that happens to be on the device. Sure. Um, they also have an Android app, same functionality. Um, you know, overall pretty cool thing. Oh, this one adds a uh, five gigahertz radio. Previous oh, one only okay. had 2.4. Um, is it AC? 802.11 AC now? It's AC. Okay. Hmm. Um, but uh, <laughs> I was only able to get like over AC with it right next to the router. I got like 19 meg per second. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's reasonable. But it's not. That's not great. It's not lightning fast. No, yeah. it should be faster than that. That's interesting. Yeah, 110 megs per second on USB 3.0 directly connected, which is essentially the speed it's of just, the internal it's, hard drive. Yeah, the way it was behaving was direct to the hard drive. Now, what about um, pricing? Do you mean we got the two terabyte model? Is that pricing right? Yeah, two thirty for the two terabyte and two fifty for the three terabyte. Yeah. So if you're going to buy it, yeah, just, you know, spend the extra twenty bucks yeah. or, or whatever. Um. Because yeah. not a real big difference there. No. <laughs> That's odd. Okay. You know, you're paying us more money for the rest of the device, I suppose. Yeah, I guess. I guess. But um, why have a two terabyte skew at that? Point? Well, <laughs> I, I don't agree. think they're shipping three yet. 
Well, okay, um, that might do it. I think they're shipping it very soon. So they sampled. Usually, they last time they sampled the largest capacity available. This time they only sampled the two. Okay, there's going to be a three. You know, the, the only reason they 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 have the three terabyte SKU not out yet is they're still trying to acquire all the Seagate three terabyte drives that fail at a massive rate at a huge discount and pass oh. those savings on to you. Oh, I see. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it seems like a cool thing. Um, you know, we can try it out. To you there are so many of these types of devices out there now that are like, it's a combination of so many different things and a portable. I, I, I'm always curious, like, how many consumers are out there for this type of product where you don't just want an external hard drive. You want one that has wireless connectivity. You want one that has an SD card. You want one that has an external battery. You want one that acts as kind of like a hub yeah. for you while you're on the go. Like There's, if you go to their marketing pages, they're, they're looking at uh, – what? Like the stereotype, stereotypical example is like there's a woman and she's a photographer, but she's on a safari, and so she's got her her my book out there, my passport pro sitting there, and then like yeah. jungle in the background, yeah. and you know. be, be, because if you you know if you were a professional photographer doing a shoot for like a magazine or something, you wouldn't have a camera that has redundant. SD cards or anything, and well, you wouldn't I mean, like just file well, that SD know. card away because they're cheap enough. You'd carry this spindle hard drive and rely on that in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I, I mean that's what I'm saying. Well, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't move the content off. You could choose. You could choose copy or, yeah. or move, right? Yeah. So I would, you know, you want it to be a backup. Fine, you know, you got a backup. But yeah, I mean, Ken has a point. If you're professional enough, where you have a dual card camera, but there's definitely an in between. Yeah, right. And sure. for the sure. for the uh, prosumer. If you will, yeah, uh, of that type of stuff, and which then is my, more where we fall in. To be my, fair, my concern is that what you'll fall into with that would probably be the same thing that you fall into generally. Is that people will get that they'll think, oh, I'll just put all my stuff on this, and then like this will have, still have one. Copy this will have their only copy of it, and they'll yeah. just leave it all on this for like three, <coughs> you know, three four years later when they have all of their stuff on it, right? And then um, oh, it broke, and then you know they're blowing a grand on data recovery or something like that, right? So that review is up on PC Per. If you're interested in kind of like a mobile storage connectivity, yeah. whatchamahoosit type of thing, it's a little bit on the pricey side, I it feel is. like. Um, but if that's your specific use case, then I was able to use it. Good product. I used it for like four or five hours straight on the battery and charged a 6S Plus from like 15% all the way almost full. And then finally it died. Yeah. And that's got a pretty sizable battery. Your phone does yeah. for it to eat that up. Yeah. So, you know, so if you were just using it without charging phones and stuff like that at the right. same time, then right. yeah, probably last quite a while. All right. Um, I think it was last week we talked about uh, a 600-watt power supply. And we're like, ah, you know, it's possible that if you want to do SLI of this and this and this, you might want a little bit more. A little bit more. A little bit more juice. Well, Lee is here for you this week. He's not here here, but he posted a review on the website of the Be Quiet, all lowercase, but with an exclamation point. Dark Power Pro 11, 750-watt power supply. So now this is more in line with um, two 1080s, two Fury Xs, you know, three of something if you want to go down that right. Sure. Um, But this is kind of, you know, a higher-end unit there as well. Uh, Be Quiet makes pretty good stuff. They've actually had really good experiences with their power supplies thus far. Um, And as the name would imply, they are... I'm kind of built to be virtually inaudible with, <laughs> quote, virtually inaudible Silent Wings 3 FDB cooling fan. 
two guesses what FDB stands for. Something decibels? Frickin' decibels? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I guess what I was going for, but... Yeah. Fully dude Oh, pro. oh, sorry. That's a fluid fully di- dude pro. Fluid, fluid dynamic, dynamic bearing. bearing? Yeah. Ah, yeah. damn it. I thought fully Should've dude pro was awesome. <laughs> Uh, it's kind of interesting here. You can see on the back you've got connections to other fans, uh, and he's he's got the the cabling here fully fully populated. It is what are a those four like fan, or it's a it can do four fans. It's a fan controller as well, so they all run on the same profile. But wow. at least they're controllable out of the PSU. Interesting. Yeah, that's 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 kind of neat. Um, it's huh. also overclockable. Yeah, I don't. Like what, what does that mean? So it means that instead of having multiple 12-volt rails, which is its default configuration, it runs it through one single 12-volt rail. Oh, arc welding. Okay. It's, it's just weird just call that why wouldn't you just go now. one way or to other? I've seen other power supplies that let you select if you want to have multiple 12-volt rails or a single 12-volt rail. And that's exactly what this So is. that's what this switch is here. So this goes yeah. on the back of your case. It's got a. Looks like it says OC OCX OCK overclock. Um, so I guess you can just surely you can't just do that on the fly while the system is running. Um, I don't think we tried. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend. It. I, like that can't be a good. That's probably that, not the preferred that's way. Not great to do. Uh, does it give you more total power? You could probably do that yeah. once. I'm gonna guess no. I'm looking for like, no. did he measure it separately, like with the overclock? He, he didn't for the load regulation or the ripple. Oh, that's a lot of the connections in the back here. Hmm. They've really populated everything on this. Um, so it, it performed. Oh, that Nvidia uh, image didn't load right. Um, you, I love the inside of power supplies, guys. Giant it's caps. Like, it's like a little city. It is. They can catch on fire sometimes. Uh, just power supplies in general. The uh, let's see, let me look at that here in terms of efficiency. Where are we at? Mm-hmm. Yeah, where's this efficiency plot? Next page. Oh, oh next page. page. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yep, it's right there. It's efficiency noise. is. Oh, Ta-da. there you go. All right, that's actually really good. So wow, a, that's flat. It's above ninety percent, starting at one hundred and ten watts or something like that, all yeah. the way up to its max seven fifty. Um. So is that, is that listed here? Yeah, She's yes. a platinum. Yep. Up to 92.1% at 375 watts, 90.8% at full load. That's pretty impressive stuff. Now, I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess that pricing is high because of that platinum rating. And we talked about this before, how platinum is, is means higher end componentry. What, what, what? Tell me, Jeremy. <laughs> and just looking on, uh, I can't find it on Newegg right now, but on Amazon? Mm-hmm. She's north of two fifty. Yeah, that's that's what? high. The, the, it launched at one sixty, huh. but no. Oh, here's one for two forty three. So it's oh it's not God. being sold by Amazon, is it? It's probably weird. It's probably third parties. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So once they come back in stock, one sixty is not bad. Yeah, one sixty. One sixty for a uh, quiet uh, for a very quiet platinum seven fifty watt power supply is actually pretty good. Um, in the chat, they're telling me, Biohazard's telling me that the uh, switch in the back is actually just a firmware switch. So my guess is you would actually have to turn off your system Oh yeah, for that to, to take account. So that's, that's, that's good to know. Lame. It is not you a platinum switch and turn your system off. Dale Poco is just a platinum, platinum power supply. So if you're interested in, in, that, in that unit, 
uh, and a power supply like this, check out the review. Although, obviously, don't buy it at 250 bucks if it's supposed to have an MSRP of 160 I would wait a little bit uh, and see um, see what it comes down to. It's also available. This same design is available in 550, 650, 850, 1000, and 1200 watt uh, power supplies or power levels, I guess, as well. So there you go. Um, let's see. We're going to talk about the RX 480 here in a second, but I do want to take a uh, quick uh, break here for today's podcast sponsor. That's right, guys. We have a new one. We have got a new sponsor to the show. I want everybody to welcome Kaspersky Labs. All right. And welcome I ha- Kaspersky Labs. I had to say the name over and over again because I kept saying – I kept missing the first S and calling oh, it Kaspersky. Kaspersky. Mm-hmm. But it's actually Kaspersky labs um so they are supporting the pc perspective podcast this week um kaspersky's labs award-winning internet security software they actually have 400 million users uh that they're protecting on banking browsing um shopping socializing which josh does a lot of lots lots of socializing uh, from dangerous online threats which also josh is well, i don't know about you but josh and i are wearing our protection right now only when josh is in a chat room Josh is both. I'm on Twitter, and so I'm I'm on some lists. Yes, Josh is all. all Josh is and, and both at the same time a dangerous online threat, as well as using uh, high quality software to protect himself from other um, online threats. More more different online threats. Uh, so uh, if you've if you've never used, <clears throat> if well, let's see. Hopefully, everybody has used some protection software of some kind, whether it be antivirus, anti malware, whatever it is. Uh, the Kaspersky Labs, Kaspersky Labs, um, total, uh, where am I looking at here? On the other side here. It is internet security software, participated more independent tests, even more awards, and placed first more times than any other internet security company. And they've been around for a really long time. Uh, 400 million users, as we mentioned before. Um, it's providing a special offer, 50% off of the premium software, Kaspersky Total Security. So this will cover all avenues of uh, your mobile device as well as your actual PC. So that's actually nice. Um, and 50% off is a, is a pretty good deal. Online protection when you're on your PC, phone, or tablet to protect your banking, browsing, shopping, and socializing from dangerous online threats. Use, all you got to do is use code uh, PCPER at checkout, and you get 50% off Kaspersky Total Security. Um, and you know what? That's... We thank them for their support. They didn't put a URL in this ad. What do you think it is? Just Google, what do you think it is? Just Google Kaspersky. Look it up for me. You got a computer right there. I, I, I do. Kaspersky's, Kaspersky, Kaspersky Labs, Total Internet Security. Just uh, Kaspersky.com. There you go. K-A-S-P-E-R-S-K-Y. Kaspersky. They're known in security circles for being pretty aggressive on having like uh, – signatures and definitions out for malware like right away early like or they're on the early side and that's kind of important that is you, you don't want to be last on that list nope. uh, of getting your your definitions out and stuff so you, you know what the best part is what's that they're not associated with john mcafee also true yes less <laughs> also crazy. the worst part though well i mean if you like entertainment yes but if you like oh, yeah. actual internet security maybe maybe not Maybe not. You don't want to be associated with that name. So, again, thank you to Kaspersky Labs for supporting the PC Perspective podcast. Uh, go there. Check it out. Uh, for total security, use code PCPER at checkout. Get 50% off the software. So if you've been thinking, uh, I really need to 
have some kind of security software and I'm really just kind of depending on Microsoft's integrated stuff on Windows 8 or Windows 10, uh, I will say from personal experience that having just that will uh, fail eventually. So uh, from personal experience, I will say that it will fail eventually. So <laughs> I would uh, uh, highly suggest you go check out this Kaspersky Labs total security software. So thank you for your support on that, guys. Now, this video card that's been sitting in front of us yeah, this whole time. The GTX on, 480. Uh, it's a GeForce GTX 480. It is power-hungry video card. <laughs> Uh, but I Wait, this, it's hot. Have I, you ever touched the, the the top of that when it's running? The yeah. uh, the heat pipe on the 480. Yeah, That's that was very unfortunate. You could you could fry an egg on that. It was awesome. <laughs> um, and I put a different shroud on it this time, so now it's a different cooler. So it should run way better, I think, oh, this yeah. time. Yeah. Um, so RX Black body radiation. <laughs> the That's AMD good. RX 480s will actually launch next Wednesday. So on next week's show. Uh, we'll be able to talk about performance and metrics and power consumption, all that. All I can do now is show you the uh, the pretty the pretty video card here. It's uh, it's all plastic. Uh, actually, I guess this backplate is metal, but all the shroud and everything is plastic. Uh, you've got uh, three Display Port, one HDMI connection on it. It's a blower style design, one six pin um, power connection, and obviously it has that short PCB, but the cooler kind of extended out past it. Yeah. Right, so um, pretty much exactly what we've seen over the last month or so, three weeks uh, since I was in Macau. Well, it also draws air in from the back. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the on the back side, so it's not just drawing air into the fan through here. It that also was the GTX 580 that had the cutouts, or was that the uh, 8800 GTX that oh, had the cutouts and the PCB? Yeah, that was way back yeah. when. Yeah. yeah. So if you had a pair of those in SLI or Crossfire, sorry. Yeah. Then you know the Card made lightning the card strike the rear. down. <laughs> <laughs> the, the card on card action would be uh, less impactful yes. on uh, cooling yes. performance. Yeah. Ooh. Um, so the 480s, despite just showing up on our desk, uh, actually were on Newegg as well with some interesting specifications. Really? Um, so they're set to launch on June 29th. Uh, the first one that we saw was a Vision Tech model published a little early, but it was now unpublished. Um, it actually listed Weird. clock rates. It has yeah. listed as a uh, 1120 megahertz with a boost of 1266, hmm. which takes it from 5.16 teraflops to 5.83 teraflops, uh, thus justifying the, quote, greater than 5 teraflops rating that AMD said uh, the card would have. Okay. Um, also interesting in this screenshot, I will say, uh, I'm going to zoom in here, it says it has 2,304 CUDA cores slash 2,304 stream process processors. Mm. So either um, a, a horrible, horrible typo by the Newegg product team, or this card has both 2,300 CUDA cores <laughs> and 2,300 stream processors mm. on board. He's a hybrid. Yeah. Um, so it's been taken down. Uh, so I, I can't say anything about well, that. Well, another one came up, XFX. Actually, a whole bunch of them are oh, on yeah, there now. There's more now. But uh, they don't list clock speeds. Mm. And obviously no pricing or anything is actually listed on, oh. on any of these. Is, is there a possible that, possibility that that one that did list uh, clocks, was that aftermarket and like maybe higher clocks? No, was, I mean, no? no, I mean, well, I guess I don't know that it's not an overclocked model, but nothing on the right. box tends to indicate that, I guess. Yeah, I just didn't know. And it's, it's definitely the reference design. 
uh, cooler. So it's definitely not a custom cooler. I'm trying to click it like it's an actual Newegg listing yeah, still. Yeah, it's just a screenshot. Like um, add to cart. Uh, this is the 8-gig model. They call it the Polaris Edition. Is that like Founders Edition? Like Polaris Edition. I, I mean, somebody's trying too hard, right? Like that's just ref, that's just like Founders. That's a dig on Founders Edition, it's the right? Pascal Edition. It's. I mean, I don't know. Uh, so, what would you think, Josh, if um, these clock speeds were correct for say? I think that that is a perfectly fine thing for the price point and the performance that it provides. It also <clears throat> allows uh, some wiggle room for uh, partners to uh, enhance the clock speed. And also, when you kind of look at uh, NVIDIA with their 1070, 1080 and their clock speeds, then we can kind of assume that maybe in about eight months, we would see potentially a refresh that would have the same basic architecture, consume the same amount of power, but have increased clock speeds from them really optimizing and doing more things to the products and, and having, you know, kind of a second generation pretty quick out of the bat. While uh, NVIDIA, I think that they may have, I wouldn't say blow their load, but uh, I, I don't know how much more they're going to be able to get out. I mean, obviously some uh, yields and bands are going to improve, but I think that uh, AMD's got some more headroom uh, to grow than what NVIDIA does. I could be wrong here. But uh, <clears throat> then you kind of have to look back at that comment and say, why didn't AMD invest the work to make it faster on this supposed you know, new fan-dangled da- fan 14-nanometer FinFET process to, to match clock speeds and power consumption of what NVIDIA did? Right. That'd be a adequate question yeah i think to be fair uh my jeremy my favorite part about your post where you list the other ones is all the different sizes and measurements of the identical cards (laughs) a six and a half inch deep card that's crazy that's triple that's triple that's face played deep like that oh yeah that's (laughs) and a trait Shove that in your ATX case. <laughs> and you better hope you get a wide load. Because oh, otherwise, man. she just ain't going to fit. Uh, I guess also, if I had the, the only measure, information I they gave us. Sure. Yeah, but you know what? In reality, it's five inches. <laughs> hey, you know, it's pretty close <laughs> to average, eight, you know. Josh. It's fine. Like, all the, all the statistics say you're right in line with they, where you're supposed to be. They've never had any complaints. Josh has never had any complaints. <laughs> this is true. But, you know, if you've only stuck it in two cases, <laughs> small sample size. I mean, size. really, I haven't, I haven't really – mine's been open air. Right? I haven't even put mine <laughs> oh. in a case yet. I don't think you can do that in a church. I'm not wearing oh, pants God. is what I'm telling you guys. We're not in the church. We're not in the church yet, Ken. <laughs> They're going to release a hand edition next. Oh, my God. Help us all. Oh, Lord. Oh, I've been going for the palm size cases myself, yeah. <laughs> He's gonna explode, everyone! <laughs> I wish somebody. If, I wish we had. Uh, we had to do After Effects animation. <laughs> oh, he's doing oh, well enough Lord. on his own. Somebody, somebody that's, do that's that. The next, that's the next <clears throat> one on Patreon. Oh man! Um, like Josh's head. So I think that's pretty much all we could say about the 480s. Obviously, they're coming very soon because they're they're all over New Egg. Like right now, there are listings up. There's no prices or other details, but all the listings are there. If you go to New Egg and, and look around. 
uh, for the RX 40s, oh. you can find them. But NCIX spilled the beans, uh, and they're saying three ninety two Canadian. What's that translate to in real dollars? About two fifty. Two fifty ish. Is that for an eight gig model? Uh, it doesn't. Because that's, yeah. that's one yeah, thing we still don't yeah, it's know. Yeah, a gigabyte, eight gigabyte model. AMD <laughs> said that the price of the card was going to be one ninety nine, and I don't know if they specifically said. If the four gig version was going to be one ninety nine or the eight gig version, I'm going to assume it's the four gig version. I would sure. hope so. And the, well, I would hope the eight gig is one ninety nine, and the four well, gig is even less than that. But I don't think it is. So if if it's not, then how much is the eight gig? Right? How much more uh-huh. is it? Thirty bucks? Fifty bucks? Uh, there was a rumor at one point that was a hundred dollars, which is insane. That seems um, steep. No, that's only for the uh, what was it? Polaris editions. Well, the Polaris edition, I don't know what that means yet. I, I still can't. <laughs> it costs a hundred dollars more. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. get it. I get it. I gotcha. I yeah. gotcha. Uh, <sighs> I would say, based on all the stuff I have seen from AMD, kind of like pushing people to poop all over the idea of the Founders Edition. If they did something like that ever, it would be a horrible, horrible mistake from them. But they're not. Um, so June 29th, you've got one week to prepare for the RX 480. I've got one week to prepare for the RX 480 uh, review launch. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to cut out all the letters on the on the on the casing and put a red LED inside, so that it so that it lights up. Yeah, does that one not light and up? It goes faster. It does not does not light up. Oh, I don't know if I if I'm spilling the beans earlier here. There's no LEDs in the. It'll fan be easier to take a name. picture of while it's running. That's true. Here I'm doing it right now. Yep, it's running. See? Looks fun. Yeah. Spin the fan. Good job. <laughs> uh, so that's the 480. Uh, I will say the, the, the sharp on the back. The, uh, solder, solder points. I'm sorry. That's, that's NDA material you're breaking. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. There are 13 screws on the RX. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six. <clears throat> uh, on to some other rumors. How about uh, a 32-core Opteron Zen processor? Something you're interested in, Josh? No, not at all. All right. Well, we'll move on to the next okay. story. Oh. Um, they, they, AMD has done multi-module uh, processors for quite a while. I mean, the, the current Opterons based on Vishera are the four modules. Uh, you put two of those together, you get 16 cores. Right. And they're going to be doing this with uh, the next generation Zen stuff. And, of course, you've got pretty high core counts, lots of L2, L3 cache. And uh, you can put a couple of these on, on a single substrate, the multi, multi-chip die or, or multi-chip substrate. Can't remember what their official name is. Of course, it's probably listed in the article that I failed to read. But <clears throat> um, yeah, it's going to have like support for four DDR4 channels, uh, a couple of uh, what uh, ten gigabit. Um, yeah, I think they're looking at, at ten gigabit. Um, uh, Sixteen or so of them. Sixteen well, ten at gigabit at Ethernet connections. Correct. What's sir? that? Go yeah, ahead, 10 gigabit Ethernet and yeah, also a more PCIe Express lanes than you can shake a stick PCIe at. PCIe Express. Yeah. Nice. Lots of lots of really good things. Amazing what you can fit on, on 14 nanometer products um, when CPUs have not grown overly large, even with updates. I mean, if you look at 
millimeter square of Intel's latest stuff on 14 of their own process. I mean, they're just tiny chips. They're, well, I mean, they get kind of bigger when you're getting into the Xeon stuff, but it's nothing like it used to be. And it's certainly not the 600 millimeter square that we see with GPUs at the very top end. And so you can put a lot of stuff into a pretty small space and, and still have a really effective CPU, which looks like what AMD is is aiming for. I mean, right. it's going to be moderately sized. They can have multiple of them uh, on the same substrate. Uh, they're connected by 100 gigabyte per second channels. I think there's, what, four GPIO? Is that what the acronym is for it? Yes. And uh, so you've got a tremendous amount of bandwidth in between the, the two dies, so you're not going to see a huge drop-off in performance as compared to uh, you know, one solid integrated, one giant massive die that that houses all of this stuff, and so it's kind of excited for the serving guy, server guys if this actually comes out to be, you know, a really solid part with good thermals, um, can scale nice and multi-threaded, can have really good uh, single-thread IPC. Uh, they could, you know, be much more competitive now than they have been in the past, say, ten years since, you know, the the core two stuff came out and, and kind of cleaned AMD's clock. Yep. And uh, further on, the, the i7s and and uh, Sandy Bridge and beyond, which, you know, have been better overall in terms of power and performance than what AMD has been able to produce. Uh, I want to make sure we – I don't know if we mentioned it, but the uh, this is Opteron rumored. Yes. Not, not a consumer Athlon or whatever brand they end up going with for the Zen consumer parts. Um, although I do, how many RX 480s could you get on a system with 128 lanes of PCI Express? A lot. Lots. 128. 128 of them, right? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) You may only have 500 to one gigabyte per second of bandwidth to each card, but you can have 128 of them on there. Compute, baby. You don't need that much bandwidth. uh, I want to go through some of our Patreon updates here for going on the next story. Um, Robert Doyle updated up their pledge from $5 to $5.02 because apparently I said one penny wasn't enough. So he did that. This is a good one. Zachary Durst pledged $4.80 in celebration of the pending release of the Radeon RX 480. He pledged 480 Thank you. All right. He should have pledged 1080 instead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Snap. That's harsh. I'm just... That's I mean, a, it is $6 That's more. a bigger oh, number. Oh, it's yeah, all I was going for. Okay, okay. Uh, Hassan Raza added their pledge to $6.69. Not sure exactly what the specific relevance is of that number, but hey, okay. Uh, Kevin Dalton is a new uh, pledger at $5, and Ty Alston is a ple- new pledger at $3.99. Josh? I had to unmute and say three ninety-nine. Oh, $3.99! Okay, thank you. I appreciate <sighs> Better? it. Better? Yep. Okay. Uh, let's get into our uh, sad trombone story of the week, which is uh, started up, I think, basically the day we were recording the podcast last week, where uh, Asus and MSI both were accused of sending out video cards to reviewers that were running at higher clocks than uh, the retail cards you would buy of those, you know, at Newegg or Amazon or whatever, right? right? And so it all actually turned out to be true that it was uh, the the default experience out of the box for a reviewer card was different than the default out of the box experience for a consumer card. That right there is no bueno. It's it's not. Oh, bueno, dirty now, cool. Yeah. <laughs> but there, it's so, kind of embarrassingly small. 
it, like, so it, is, it doesn't it, even it, doesn't even matter how small it is. Like there should not be. Uh, the, I, I let's, think let's let's, let's I, I see think what the f- situation is and then talk about. Well, it. Well, okay. yeah. If you're going to get caught whipping it out, it should at least be big enough to brag about. What was the reason? True. No. Is, let, let, let's say what they did before they. Say so the they reason. basically, <laughs> um, and the only, uh, this this story that I wrote up was when ASUS gave me their official statement. This is with the uh, GTX 1080 Strix card. Um, the retail V BIOS had a base clock of 1683. And the media VBIOS had a base clock of 1709, a delta of 1.5%, which in reality translates into about, I'm going to guess, maybe 1% of actual real-world performance, coupling that with the like the memory clock difference as well. Sure. Um, it is a minuscule amount. It is within a margin of error uh, in terms of our testing. Yeah. Right? Uh, that, that, they, that they did. Right. Okay. So then, um, why bother? Like, why? Yeah. Both, bo- both the question of why bother and why do it at all. Like, yeah. why? My my complaint to them was that the the idea of that you have a retail VBIOS and a media VBIOS is fundamentally shitty. Right. Yeah. That that totally defeats. Um, you don't know that defeat the you don't know them, there's, there's other numbers in the BIOS that might not be anything right. you can read. You have no idea. Like it could be tweaking voltage up a little bit more. Who the heck knows? Right. Something. Yes. So what they see all to see. So what they did essentially was enable the OC mode that you can turn on in their control panel for uh-huh. free with no no hit. Right. Because they knew media wouldn't install their software and oh. do that. Really? Yes. That was, so that was their reasoning. Well, the, their exact statement used the term. Um, the press samples of the card uh, are set to OC mode by default. To save media time and effort, OC mode is enabled by default as we are well aware our graphics cards will be reviewed primarily on maximum performance. When in OC mode, yeah. we showcase both maximum performance and effectiveness of our cooling solution. Now, the consu- like what they're saying essentially is like, hey, if the consumer – there are three modes that the Asus cards have in their software. Yeah. Uh, normal gaming and OC. I don't remember exactly what they're called. Um, but the retail one shipping gaming, the media one shipped in OC. Now, all you'd have to do is, in theory, if you wanted, if I was a reviewer and I wanted to emulate the retail, I would just say go back to so you, gaming. So you can just have their or, software installed and put it in gaming mode. Yeah, and, you okay. could, but you have to know. Yeah. That you need to do that, right? Yeah, and they yeah. weren't being upfront about what was happening, or that there was a different VBIOS, or hey, we did this just so it was easier for you. Yeah, because like, they would just say that then. People wouldn't have been all up in arms because they would have reviewers would have known that it was higher, and they would right. either made the decision of saying it's running in OC mode or saying we went back into gaming mode. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, yeah. Do it. regardless reason- of how thorough a reviewer is, it's entirely possible for them to, to like test the stock default whatever without anything installed. Like just plug it in. Absolutely, yeah. that's the you reason know. they did it. It's because I like. I um, I would imagine they find that the majority of the reviewers don't install their software and turn on that mode sure so they want I mean, but do the majority of gamers not install their software that's, too that's the thing too. i don't know the answer to that yeah i don't know i don't like installing that software i i it's 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 fine software but like i don't need to install it to overclock one percent right right no if you're gonna do it you're gonna do yeah i would more go for manual overclocking yeah. right if i really wanted to get an over like if i was water cooling my Which, video card sure it, it's just a dumb move and msi has since come out uh with a statement basically admitting the same thing and why they did it they have everybody they both did it for the same reasons and they both had the same iterations it's just a stupid thing to do because it like it's one percent <laughs> who cares well 
the thing is, it's a number. It's, it's going to be a clock a rate. It's going to be it's going to be some differentiating point between them and 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 uh, and their competition. But like, it's only going. But that's not even really the case because it's only going to show up in benchmarks. Because if if I were writing a review of the 1080, which I am, I haven't done it yet. But if I were writing this review. If, when I'm making the table of clock speeds, I'm going to go to the manufacturer specifications page and copy that data down. Yeah. Right? So in terms of like just showcasing a number, mm-hmm. they're going to get the number that the consumer would actually get anyway. So their only hope, if you, if you believe that everybody was doing something nefarious, would be that uh, uh, that they hoped that the performance delta there would give them the edge over the MSI card or the Gigabyte yeah, card or the EVGA card. Two notches up in the sort. Right in the chart, you never know. One percent, it could do it, but it's sure. it's so minimal. But and also keep in mind with these cards, the way GPU boost works, mm-hmm. like every card is going to run at slightly different clock speeds anyway. Even yeah. if you set their base and boost to identical settings, yep. and the variance is probably more than one percent. It's probably more than one percent. <laughs> right, I, I agree. So while I'm I just think- confused as to why it doesn't ship in the OC mode. Yeah, that's that's I what baffles me. I, you have to have people. You have to have like a group of people that are like, okay, much, we're sending out our media they samples. They all have to be qualified What's, to run at that speed. That's if the software does it, yeah, yeah software it's like, is there some noise profiling difference? I can't imagine. Again, one if if one yeah. percent performance improvement costs me X decibels of sound level improvement, I don't want that shit anyway. Well, Probably. Yeah. Jeremy? I'm sad some poor naive reviewer didn't stumble upon this without knowing it and doing a review of the software saying, oh, these OKC profiles are awful. It didn't get a single bit more performance out of it. <laughs> they only that would have down. made me laugh so hard. <laughs> yeah, I, so I, I think it was, it's, it's a bad move to do it. I believe, in, you know, and I say this in the story, having a process in place at all to create a deviation from retail cards for press hardware. Yeah. Whether it be a new VBIOS or pre-overclocked or you know binning samples or whatever it is, um, I think is in general a shitty move. Uh, EVGA cleverly came out with a press release I think yesterday or the day before. <laughs> it was like what you see is what you get, <laughs> yeah. and they're talking about how all of our cards ship the same as we ship to reviewers. We don't handpick anything, et cetera, et cetera. You know, good on them for for figuring a way to 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 market the the storm in their favor. But so what has happened since is Asus has sent us the retail V BIOS for both of these cards and said that they're not going to do it anymore. MSI posted publicly the one they sent to media. The V BIOS is sent to media. That's fine too, I guess. <laughs> Which is interesting, I, I, I guess. But I would like to get the retail back. Yeah. It, when it's this small, it's not a big deal. The, the 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 worry is that if they continue down that path, right, you get this kind of escalating bullshit, and oh, we'll be somebody will be naming our executables and right. dealing with golden samples and shit mm-hmm. like that. It's yeah. it's the reason why when we look at motherboards, base clocks are set at like a hundred and one point nine megahertz instead <laughs> of a hundred, <Yeah. laughs> right? Because in CPU benchmarks. It's easier to see a two percent, you know, mm-hmm. a two percent difference in clock speed um, in, a, in a in a performance benchmark because they're very liable, repeatable, and, and very little deviation. So, and also the people in the chat calling ASUS and MSI Volkswagen get a grip. 
I yeah, believe that's like, that's like a hundred times. I believe, times it's, I believe off. it's literally one guy. CT. I saw. I saw a couple of people. Q4. Uh, I bet he's posted that fifty times. Because <clears throat> you know, ASUS and MSI were founded by Nazis. Yes. <laughs> How about that uh, Tesla P100? Yeah. <laughs> Move on. We better check Josh's emissions. Oh, it's it's yeah no it's 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 the um, imbibitions, libations, libations. Yes. All right. Nvidia announces PCIe versions of the Tesla P100. I don't really know if I have anything to say about this. Uh, the P100 was kind of the um, what was that weird form factor called? Uh, DGX DGX1 was the system yeah. that they were selling for $129,000 that had Tesla P100s in it. Mm-hmm. I don't think they gave a name to the form factor. No? It's well, no, the, the addition is the interconnect. It it's used the NVLink. Uh, okay, but they didn't know form, form factor, factor specific. Yeah. So now they've so, released essentially a PCIe version of this, right? That's actually a little yeah. bit slower. But I mean, if you've got an existing server firm that's doing high performance computing and you're like, I don't want to upgrade freaking everything I'm already PCIe based. Yeah. Here is the card for you. Any, and it'll be cheaper too. Any reason why they would drop the TDP from 300 to 250 and, the, and thus the clock speeds from 1480 to 1300? Like, what? Why would you have to do that? Because NVLink has higher bandwidth. So there'd be no point. It just can run slower. Well, what's yeah? So these won't extent. use in these won't use NVLink. Isn't two fifty technically the max you're allowed to do over two eight pin in the bus? Um, eh, it's a server though. No, it would be three seventy five. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, seventy five for the slot, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't I don't know why they dropped it. Maybe it's just a binning issue for them. They they had issues making them go that fast so they're going to save those for the wait it has less memory on it no i guess the memory bandwidth doesn't change with hbm no it doesn't okay right yeah so uh but apparently scott wrote here he did not realize that gpu vendors could selectively disable hbm2 stacks but nvidia disabled four gigs of memory which also dropped the bus width to 3072 bit um so yeah it is interesting no word on a 32 gigabyte version. Samsung claimed memory technology, eight gigabyte stacks of HBM2 would be ready for production Q4 this year or early 2017. So uh, it's pretty looking. Oops. Uh, but uh, it doesn't have any display outputs, guys. So don't even bother saving your money. Not only that, but you need it in a 1U or 2U rack that has fans blowing from no, the front of the rear. rack through the rear, which then also cools this 250 watt card. Yeah, and don't even bother measuring the decibels. <laughs> no, well, the, it's just the loud. card is silent. Tech. Oh <laughs> yeah, the card is. <laughs> yeah, but those eight forty millimeter fans running at ten thousand RPM are technically yeah, the card. Don't worry, is don't worry. I'll break some of the fan blades. They'll be quieter. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Definitely quieter. Just make sure that the exhaust, not the intake. We don't need that spraying on the inside of the case. <laughs> Uh, real quick, Alan, Drobo updated their 5D to a Turbo Edition. 5DT. 5D lowercase t. Uh, 5D lowercase t. Yeah, it's a little weird. It looks um, the same. It's, uh, so there's a couple of differences. All right. Or, well, three differences. Yeah. Um, so the 5D had an optional, um, what's the name of that port on the bottom? It, Thunderbolt. Had a drive. No, 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 no. 
Next the picture. Cache. The hot data cache. Hot data. Hot cache. data cache. Josh. Hot data um, cache. Hot data. Damn it. Not so, data. So data, the hot data cache is it's gross. Yeah, yeah. It depends on your fetish. Now, don't well, judge. So that cache was basically an option uh, for the 5D. It's coming standard on the 5DT. Okay. Because it does give you a boost in like random I/O. It's basically. 128 gig SSD that's just like acting as a cache for the hard drives. It's an OCZ SSD. Well, that's an old picture. No. Anyway. Um, Because <laughs> if it was a new one, it'd have Toshiba written on the That's file. true, you would think, yeah. Uh, so there's that. Um, the other difference is that it goes from Thunderbolt uh, 2 to Thunderbolt 3. Thunderbolt mm. 1 to 2? Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 10 gigabit to 20 Wait. gigabit. It's Sorry. going from Thunderbolt 1 to Thunderbolt 2 when yeah. Thunderbolt 3 has been out for 8 or, months. Well, what's 20 gigabit? Is that it's Thunderbolt 2. 3? Dual Thunderbolt 2 ports. Like oh. you, two like, Thunderbolt 2 like, ports. Like, really? Well, yeah. really? Yeah. Really? Um, yeah, because it's yep. the uh, mini display port um, style connector. Is that, and uh, because of its. That upgrade and the fact that's coming with 120 gig SSD, uh, the price is more comparable to what the 5D was with the cache option and everything. Okay. So I think it's like I think it's 900, 899. Good God! Just bare? Uh, yes. <sighs> yeah. Let's see. 5DT is available today. To MSRP of 899 through the Drobo store and select the channel partner. I think it's gonna be lower than that, like street price. I think it'd probably be like a hundred bucks cheaper than that easily, street price. Because like, if you look up five D, it's it's down in like six hundred yeah. range or five hundred yeah. range. So, I, I still I I like their products. I think the simplicity and the software is amazing. I just always feel like the hardware is just yeah. a step back. Well, they're tailoring that for Max. And the specs were the specs. Were More Max have Thunderbolt three. No, they than, don't. No Max no, have Thunderbolt no three. No Max have Thunderbolt no, three. They're, they're What's that Type C connector on those machines? Is There's only USB? one Type C connector, and, and it's, it's on, on the, the Core M MacBook, and it's used to be three point oh suites. Yeah, not even three point one. Yeah, mm. they're they're gonna have to move. They're gonna move to Thunderbolt three in their next machines, probably. But um, mm. but mm. you know that thing they're claiming like oh I think something like five fifty meg per second throughput on the Thunderbolt side. All right. Basically hard drive speed from the sounds of it. Right. Yeah, there's five drives kind of. Yeah. Five spindle hard drives will kind of limit you there. All right. But you also have more, maybe maybe more exciting news. Samsung, uh, like a, a table roadmap. I don't know what, whatever that, you That roadmap's been, it's, I think that's been circulating for a while. Okay. I came across it and was like, okay, fine. It's time for us to write something about this. Um, so... And mainly because uh, SM961s were popping up on Ram City, so you can actually like pre-order them. Okay. Or I think they might actually be kind of shipping right now. Um, the SM961. So SM961. So here's what's going to happen: you have SM961 and PM961. Uh, One is super. Oh, it's got Polaris in it. So <laughs> this is yeah, this what is Polaris f- edition. <laughs> That's a really tiny 480. Um, uh, low power draw. Yeah. Um, so these are the new controller from Samsung for NVMe. Um, and you have to realize this is probably most likely 48 layer VNAND. And I would okay. imagine that the new controller can probably speak to that NAND even at a faster speed. Like you have, you have speed grades that Flash can talk 
right to the controller to think of the channels going between the controller and the flash i would imagine to get those numbers that they're getting which is basically saturating pcie by 4 3.0 at for the sm961 which is uh, 3.2 gig per second which is pretty much saturation point okay um at least for storage devices um over that kind of a link so to get that much higher than the 950 pro which capped out at two and a half gig per second you have to be doing something drastically different right right um chances are it's that controller is able to talk to the flash either over more channels in parallel or faster data over those channels to talk to that flash um and you can i mean the specs are just like going crazy high especially like 4k random right iops you go from 110k uh, on the 950 Pro to 400k, so that's like three times right. a gain in like random write performance, um, and you have you know increases in throughput, obviously. Um, and so, what's the difference between the PM and the SM? Okay, MLC so versus TLC. SM is like the 950 Pro, just like the new version of it, right? But the OEM new version of it. Mm-hmm. And the PM is going to be the equivalent of what would be a 960, because that's what the new model is going to be called when it hits retail. Not Evo. Pro. Oh, Evo. Evo. Okay. TLC. Yeah. So you'll have a SM961 slash 960 Pro, PM961 slash 960 Evo. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And in, in the past, they've been kind of disjointed how the products would come out and like you'd have this other, you know, because we've read like XP941 and like, you know, the other ones. And they would they would be kind of like out of step with each other, like right. the retail parts versus or yep. for or for the longest time they didn't even have an equivalent on the retail side right. until the nine fifty came out. They had the right. OEM based NVMe parts available way before yeah. the consumer NVMe yeah. parts. So what we see now and what I suspect is going to happen is I believe the specs are gonna be almost identical, if not just the same, between okay. the SM and the PM and the nine sixty. Because Makes why would sense you, from a why would you have a difference yeah. at this point, right? Um, you know, there might be some differences in the SM and PM parts. Like if an if um, I believe there was one from like either a Dell or a Lenovo that we tested mm-hmm. uh, of one of the prior OEM parts, right? And some of them were like lower write speed than other ones. And it was like OEMs were tuning them differently. So you might have one that did the right speed that was this fast, or you might have one that was like okay. a little bit slower, right? Uh, and OEMs could probably request Samsung to do that in the firmware, like for power consumption reasons. You want the, you know, put it in a, a little bit of a lower power state, make things go a little bit slower, but you're thermals saving a couple too. of watts. You know, thermals right. as well, yeah. Um, although the Polaris controller is suspected to be more power efficient probably to the point where it wouldn't throttle because a 950 was kind of on the threshold of it you had to basically yeah, just give yeah. it zero airflow across it and then it would potentially throttle and that was only after like a couple of minutes straight of just hammering on the thing right which in a laptop you almost never do right um so again like i, I think they're gonna be like you know on parity with each other now once that happens um nobody has printed Anywhere, anything that there's the name is supposed to be 960 for the next one, but it well, probably makes on. sense. Well, it makes sense, and like I wouldn't have printed it just based on it making sense. I had a source. Okay, tell me that like yes, that's going to be the name. So unless Samsung just decides to change all their marketing last second, then that's what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, so, you know, stuff to look forward to. Other than second half, we don't have any other uh, indications of time frames for that stuff. Well, no, uh, Ram City has the SM961s, like, on their page. Yeah. You don't have um, a flight book to Seoul? I do not have a flight okay. book to Seoul. So, consumers yeah. a ways out. My country has been detected as outside Australia. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Is this true? So the, it says so 10 the, plus in stock, but you can never believe these types of... No, I think they probably you have them in so? stock by now. Yeah. Because uh, they were expecting them uh, around this time. 703 Australian dollars for when you, the when one you, terabyte. When, you, when I did the math on the 512 versus the 950 Pro 512, the cost difference was pretty significant after you convert from Australian. Well, yeah. Them. Australian always gets screwed on computer hardware. Well, no, it was still cheaper. Just converting straight from Australian to U.S. dollars from their price, it was still like I think seventy percent of the cost. Seventy five is where we're at right now. Seventy five no, cents on the dollar. I mean, it was like seventy percent of the cost of a nine fifty Pro of the same size. Oh, right. right? Oh, okay. So like yeah. the new part with much higher specs was right. reduced in price. That gotcha. almost seems impossible. Well, judging by computer hardware in Australia, that's what it is. People are already <laughs> like people I know have already ordered these things. Let me know when they get them. Yeah. Uh, one of them gets tomorrow. The other one got it today. Well, then what are they doing with it? Testing them and writing up uh, reviews. Because they bought them. Ram to City, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, now it says it's on back order. Oh, did you just try to I order literally just No, I just clicked on the link. And it went from plus 10 in stock to back order. Back order. No. So unless twin people are listening to this podcast and bought it Maybe. immediately. Maybe. Now there are 26 sold previously and 30 units due on October 7th. <laughs> so. That's not long. That's a short wait. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. We'll see what happens with that. They're coming soon. Um, so don't buy a 950 Pro. Yeah, I would recommend buying a 950 Pro right now. That's, you just hold out for a little while longer. Maybe. Um, so this is a uh, post that Scott put up for us. It is actually a TechSpot published article that looks at eight. This is, a, I, this is a really interesting uh, collection of data. Uh, eight GPUs across six, high, uh, six high-end dies from NVIDIA's uh, architectures from Fermi to Pascal. And they did some, some interesting tests. I'm going to click over here. It just it's interesting to see the scaling from uh, so example Crisis Three DirectX Eleven uh, three different resolutions all the way from the GTX four eighty you got five eighty six eighty seven eighty seven eighty Ti nine eighty nine eighty Ti and ten eighty uh, and I think the more interesting number is probably the middle number the ten eighty P yeah the kind of middle blue here GTX four eighty got twenty seven frames per second. 1080 has 105. What GPU was out when Crisis 3 launched? 580? 680? Um, it wasn't 480. It might have been think. 480. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know. I mean, people still had 480s. So Let's see. Oh, yeah. Crisis 3. So I'm here's, just trying uh, to think of driver optimization for the old architectures. Oh. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's a reason. February 2013. That doesn't help me any. Uh, that is true. Raider. That might be a factor in this. Oh, it definitely is, right? I mean, yeah. they're not optimizing for 480s and 580s anymore. Or I, 680s I just would have thought they would have went with games that were out when, well, new newer architectures wouldn't be yeah, out. Yeah, like 80 came out? 
Bioshock Infinite is a little, you know, a little bit older, I guess. Yeah, because the six eighty came out using. in 2012, and Crisis Three is a 2013 game. So, like the four eighties, yeah. yeah, was kind of. But they were yeah. supporting it for a full year, so they would have been right making drivers for the four eighty when it came out, right? Yeah. Um, Sleeping Dogs is in here. Sleeping I just Dogs like to see the one. scaling, right? Of if you wanted to play twenty five sixty by sixteen hundred or fourteen forty or whatever, sure. Uh, the GTX four eighty got you nine frames per second in Sleeping Dogs, uh, <laughs> whereas the ten eighty would get you eighty frames per second. So it's a ten x <laughs> or so improvement in performance. Well, you know, uh, they've got Thief and Watch Dogs and Dragon Age. Okay, they have a pretty good spread of games yeah, they across. They all yeah. seem to it be. It goes from 15 to 90 for that same resolution. Wow. As well. And of course, as usual, the commenters are saying, oh, well, you missed this card, this card, and this card. But well, yeah. that's a hell of a lot of benchmarks they're running right there. Yeah, that's I don't, true. What, it's a lot. what cards did they miss? Like, they did the flagship of every generation. Yeah, that's what they said <laughs> yeah. outset to do. Um, but I mean, like, if you look here at the GTX 480 on The Witcher 3, which is definitely a game that was out way after the 480 <laughs> was launched, to be, you know. Uh, but it scales from it only got 34 frames per second at 1366 by 768. Mm-hmm. Right, right, and now uh, at the GTX 80 gets uh, 153 frames per second on that. So you can see it's pretty, you know, fairly linear looking. Hey, look, GTX scale. 780 almost got 69 frames per second. If you know what he means, those, nice. there was it was pretty linear <laughs> up until those last couple of bumps, which are a little bit higher proportional. This is also amusing. Your power consumption? Yeah. Yeah, so um, 980, still the lowest power draw of these flagship GPUs. Uh, this is obviously full system power consumption. But the 780 Ti, the 980 Ti, the 780 Ti, and the 480. Look at that poor 480 down oh, there. Yeah. Oh, man. All that juice just to do one-tenth of the performance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This huh. is uh there you go. See, this is all we really needed was this one thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> um sk- we could have skipped a ahead much easier chart to read. Yeah. Uh but you can see the collection of games here. Um so they have the the 480 is March 2010 and then November 2010 and then we went a long time between the 580 and the 680, didn't we? Yeah. And the 780. Yep. Yeah. So I mean it's 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 neat to see the kind of data collected in that way, so and they huh. do have a what they call uh, uh, let's see, modern games. Rise of the Tomb Raider, Witcher Three, is kind of uh, the bottom there. Thirty, twenty, and fifteen. Sorry, buddy. So uh, a good write up there. I encourage you to go to uh, our story or go to just go to TechSpot and check that out if you're interested to see uh, the scaling rate across that. Uh, we'll go through these last couple pretty quick. UC Davis. Made a thousand core processor, so I guess both Intel and AMD can go ahead and quit now. Yeah, we're done. Um, this is a uh, didn't look very big. Um, well, graduate I students mean, at UC Davis have designed and produced a thousand core CPU at IBM's facilities. It's made on thirty-two <laughs> nanometer process. Mm. Uh, well, if you scroll down, you'll get probes for scale. Ah, uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, one point seven eight gigahertz, a thousand cores. And 1.78 tera ops, not flops, ops. Oh, so, so not, not floating point. Not floating no. point. Okay, makes right. it much simpler. Well, I think that ARM has a uh, a free design that they're just kind of giving people. It's a Cortex M0. 
Yep. Is that right? Mm. That is a part. I don't know if that's the one you're referring to. It, I wonder if they utilize that for this. I don't know. It, it is <laughs> so uh, because the, that's absolutely tiny. The oh, yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> big Fermi chip, which is an old one again, was three billion transistors to get one point five teraflops. This processor gets one point seven eight tera ops with point six two one billion transistors, so six hundred twenty one million transistors. Okay. So it's fairly efficient use of of processors. Again, this is not a product that is uh, uh, coming to your computer anytime soon. Um, although it looks, you know, it's got standard ATX uh, connections in and out of it. But does it run Linux? It probably doesn't run a whole lot. It probably, no. Yeah, I'm going to say if it runs anything, it, it's going to run Linux. It processes. It's, that's probably oh, yeah. how they brought it up. <laughs> it, it probably doesn't run an operating system. Kind of, no, she of, just processes. Kind of yeah, run, it's gotta run something, right? It just runs programs. It's it, gotta run. They, they, which so side is assembly they, code that does math? Which side do they <laughs> feed the cards in? Uh, the PCIe slots. We need Sebastian here for this. <laughs> oh God! Please don't let him see the mounts near for it. the heatsink. I wonder how hot this thing gets. They're running like, it passively. No, I'm gonna mm. say they're not running it passively. <laughs> And instead, yeah. that heat sink is probably pretty important. <laughs> Just a hunch. Yeah, 1.78 gigahertz. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That'd be a pretty fun grad student project. Yeah. Like, and it probably doesn't do any kind of power management at all. I'm going to guess no. Here, use IBM Fab and create a CPU. Go. <laughs> and also, please don't screw it up. Uh, our final news story here. EVGA showing off uh, their versions of the high bandwidth SLI bridges. They look very much like the EVGA SLI bridges that they had out previously. These are just uh, the ones rated uh, at the higher bandwidth. They connect both connectors straight through. They're not, you know, um, they're, they're using both SLI connections yep. at the same time. So uh, they have. You know, zero slot spacing, one slot, two, and four slot spacing available. I like their marketing and pictures way better than the uh, NVIDIA ones. The actual NVIDIA ones. Like, NVIDIA call. So the zero slot spacing is there are zero slots between your two two slot cards. Right. Right, which to me makes the most sense. Yes. Uh, I think NVIDIA calls that a two slot SLI bridge. Because we did, I didn't mm-hmm. get one of those. Or I thought it was minus two slots one, for thought, some, zero slots for others. They wouldn't. They don't have a one slot. They have two, three, or four. Oh yeah, it was. It was how many you went over. Correct. Regardless of whether or not it was populated by a card. Right. Right. It was how many slots you went over. So right. you start with like the slot that your first card is in, and you go over by two. One, two, boom, Th- another that, SLI connection. Yeah. So you have right. you have to like put have, more thought into you it. You have to think it. Yeah. The EVGA one is how many slots are between your cards, dummy. Right? Yeah. yeah. I have um, no space between But it does them. depend on you having dual slot cards. Yes. If you have water blocked single slot cards, this makes no sense because you would actually need um, negative one slot. Negative I'm, one I'm, slot space. I'm with you. Bridges. I'm with you. But they're, they're, no, they no, have put the effort into just have a nice picture, too. Well, this is true. So, so if, you, if you have cards with water blocks, yeah. you can still put them next to each other and there would be zero slots, slots in between. Yes. Yeah. But look at the graph. Here, look at the imagery here. Like, yeah, they would be next to each other. They would populate this slot and this slot, and right? you would need an so even. So you would need a different bridge. You would, you would need an even narrower bridge. Here. And neither company, yeah. from what I understand, is making. Not that I know that. of. Not that I know of. 
But EVGA does sell water-blocked cards, so maybe they have a different solution for that They or still something. have two slot backplates on them, I think. Do they? Yeah. Yeah, because there's I.O. on the... Uh, yeah, yeah. okay. There's a DVI well, port there. We'll see. Which you could be like Linus and take a rotary tool and cut yeah. that off of a Just Titan. Hacksaw the DVI. <laughs> yeah. No, he didn't hacksaw it. He used an angle grinder. Yeah. <coughs> I know. I'll I pass. saw it. I yeah. cringed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll pass. Uh, so these are 39 bucks. I think they're the same price as the NVIDIA ones, just depending on which cards you're using, which ones you like the look of. At yeah, least I, would, I would say only get the NVIDIA ones if you were using the Foundry Edition cards because they match those cards. Yes, they do match perfectly with them. Whereas with them. the EVGA ones are more of a generic kind of a shape yeah. to them. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, so there you go. There's that. Uh, I think we're getting one of those in, and we're going to set up a 25 by 14 surround setup or 4k surround setup and see if there's actually any benefit to having the high bandwidth crap like the nvidia nvidia keeps telling us uh before we get into our hardware software picks of the week i want to thank danny fleming new pledge of three dollars and james barber a new pledge of five dollars thank you guys for uh contributing on the patreon we really appreciate it as well all right hardware software picks of the week Unless I check my messages here. Um, oh, actually, real quick on that 1,000-core um, part, Scott says it's actually very low power, like less than 10 watts. No, 13.1 watts at 0.84 volts. Because there's, so, <laughs> there's not that But the 1.782 gigahertz was at 1.1 volts. But I don't, I don't know if they see a power level at that, at that wattage. Because, you know, there's not a lot of transistors on that guy. Yeah. 681 million, apparently. It's like none. That's not a lot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Picks of the week. Um, mine is attached to this camera. So this is a uh, – how do I put Is that Tessar? Tessar? Sony? Right. Tessar, yeah. I don't know. It's a Sony lens. Uh, it it's is a, a 24 to 70 millimeter F4 um, Zeiss lens. Mm-hmm. And I am not a good photographer. <laughs> As they say in the business, <laughs> um, but we bought. We finally decided on uh, buying the A7S2 as our kind of like 4K video production camera uh, going forward. So we have that, and we had to pick a lens. And the last time when we were borrowing this camera, we had a different lens, right, Ken? We were using like a half this cost lens. Mm-hmm. It was 24 to 70, but it had a variable, variable aperture, yeah, three five to five six or something yeah. like that. Um, and it wasn't as high a grade of a lens, even yeah, despite and, all that. And I'm going to be honest with you, like none of that shit means anything to me. Like right. the fact that it's not as high of a grade, I think, hey, it's glass, light comes through it, boom, uh, picture, sensor, done, right? And every photographer was suddenly silenced. But it, but it, but it, no, the exact opposite. They're probably they all speaking very loudly right now. <laughs> but, um, but you know, I, I always wondered why lenses were so expensive. Yeah. To be fair, I still think they're way overpriced wow. because it's a known issue. Math is math. Hey, you got that on a lenses. good sale. Well, I bought a used one yeah. is why. It's not really a sale. <laughs> uh, but yes, so for 1100 bucks, you get this lens and it takes amazing photos. It does. Right? The camera is great. The camera does awesome stuff. But like I took some pictures with my daughter sitting in the baby pool, blah, blah, blah. And it was incredibly easy to get very good photos mm-hmm. without work without having to do post-processing or any other kind of crap. It's got optical steady shot in it, so in case you were yeah. moving the camera a little. And, and it's, 
it's because of the lens. Because we yeah. had this camera before, and I don't remember taking that that good of photos that easily. Yeah. Right. With the five hundred dollar lens, like yeah. I did with the thousand dollar. A a thousand dollar lens on a five hundred dollar camera will do way better than a five hundred dollar lens on a thousand dollar camera. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Now, to Every be fair, this camera is, is really, really expensive, too. So yeah, that, but for that would require reasons. a $6,000 lens for that, uh, <laughs> for that thing to really yeah. – to, 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 But think to how place. big it would be, Ryan. They sell – they actually – they did have – what was the – they have a 24 to 70 2.8 f- lens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is about I, yay bigger. I, I've seen that lens in person. Yeah. One of my friends had it on his it camera does. when we went to Montreal. It is – it is it is quite the lens. It has a mount on the lens. It has a, a, a uh, I'm, does it? It's white, right? The one you're talking about. No, the one we the one I'm talking about is that's, white. That's the seventy to two hundred. Yeah, the the oh, one in that range oh, is still okay. black, and okay. I don't think it has a tripod. Okay. Yeah, no, the one you were talking about was seventy to two hundred f two f four. Yeah, seventy to two hundred f four. Yeah, uh, and it had its own. Yeah. you know, it had just for weight. Yeah. And, and they and also make a, they also make a seventy two hundred two point eight. L- right, so L- seventy two like. To me, I remember when I first started buying SLR cameras mm-hmm. and thinking that, wait, I bought a $1,700 camera body and I got to spend $1,000 oh on the God. lens? What is oh, wrong with you cheap. people? Yeah. And then I go and I see these two and three and $4,000 lenses all the time. Yep. And I still, deep in my heart, I still believe that it's collusion in the industry between <laughs> Canon and Nikon and Sony and all the, all the manufacturers because glass is glass. They've been making glass since... Uh, prehistoric times, right? Prehistoric oh, times. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It was accidentally back then. Right, yeah. Oh, it was okay. lightning on the sand and okay. stuff. Um, <laughs> we know how to make it. We know how to, like, machine shit now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we and we know how math works. Yeah. We've been studying math for a while, and we know how optics works. It's, it's it hasn't, coding it hasn't and changed. other crap. Yes. And... But, but, like... I know. It, I, 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 I think it cost them $12 to make that. <laughs> I'm, I'm I was going to put it like out there. You were why the Hubble needed glasses. Yes, true. Twelve dollars. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But all that being said, if you'd like to do photography and yeah. you you thought that like the difference between whatever you know the five hundred dollar lens and thousand dollar lens would matter, it actually really does. Whether or not they should cost that much, blah. Yeah. But yeah. they actually do make a difference. And as it turns out, look at use camera products on B&H. Sometimes you can catch the one you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this was, this this lens new was uh, 1098, and I found it used on B&H for 870, I yeah. think. And it looked like, like someone just, just returned, like, basically yeah. brand new lens. Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, uh, you know. Obviously, buyer beware, and yeah, you might, and, you might and get a crappy one. But. B&H photo, at least, I feel comfortable enough buying a used product from because they have really good customer service. They know their camera gear. Chances are they're not going to sell a broken piece of crap. You can do to, a return, I guess. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So yeah, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. Yeah. Um, so let's go on to our next selection, then. Who do we got? That's my internet. Oh, that's probably me. Isn't uh, and sadly, it doesn't reach the camera, so I actually had to switch back, and you guys sound horrible. Ah, well, that's uh, right. the Sound Blaster X G500 Creative sent this out to me a while ago. I've been playing with it, and when I first got it, I'm like, "Yeah, it's, it's an external DAC. I, it, it's a headphone amp. I really don't care." But hey, I'll try it out. Right. Uh, until I tried it, where I'm like wait a second, this actually works. And this works to a surprising level. Hmm. Uh, it's essentially an external sound card. 
It's an external 7.1 sound card, uh, which uses Cirrus Logic uh, and then their own SBAXX1 technology inside of it. But it, if you've got a headphone that can actually do 7.1, this will quite happily do 7.1 over a USB port. If you've got a really crappy headphone, mm-hmm. this thing actually makes it sound good. Like these these uh, monoprice in-ears that you've got, I've been using this on this, the podcast for the past couple of weeks, and right. it's amazingly different just for general voices. Hmm. There's background noise and stuff that I pick up when I'm plugging in through my speakers. With this thing, it's all pure and clean. Now, you know Sebastian's going to get right onto our Slack channel and give you some suggestions uh, for low-cost headphones that you can pair with such uh, a... Oh, but you can go high-cost, too, because oh, these yeah. will drive up to 600-ohm headsets, headphones. Huh. So if you went and bought high-end Grados or one of the other ones that some of the people, like Sebastian, has tried out, this thing, you can plug it into your damn laptop, and the next thing you know, you're actually getting your money's worth out of these things. Yeah. It's... I, I'm... Got to say, I'm more impressed than I thought it was going to be with this. And the software suite it comes with is decent. You can just download it, as opposed to a certain headset that I won't mention right now. Uh, and you get it. It's got five profiles that will sit on it, and they will transfer. So if hmm. you've got a button on the side, hardware, which lets you switch between the profiles. So you hook it up to your cell phone. You hook it up to your console. Boom, you can just switch between these that you've programmed on your PC. And it's got a sniper mode, which... If you're better at first-person shooters than I am, probably would help you out a lot. Uh, I tried it with Witcher 3, and it worked really well. And Yeah, I could tell where things were coming from, perhaps even better than my 5.1 surround speakers that I use. I, it's $120 bucks, uh, on Amazon right now. If, if you're looking for something that just will allow you to have decent quality head, uh, audio because you've got good headsets and you want to be able to take it everywhere, it's a decent investment. For us Canadians, mm-hmm. I wouldn't buy it. It's almost 300 bucks. It's not that impressive. But if you spot it on special, yeah, I'd recommend it. I, this thing's pretty good. Very cool. I, do, I will point out uh, that uh, Mr. Black in the chat room suggests that perhaps my review lens was pre-overclocked. And I should uh, uh, make sure I get a retail. Got to put the right V-Bus on that thing. I put the Actually, right, there's lenses yeah, do have firmware They do have firmware, yes. <laughs> just like the adapter that you get, like the lens Lens-up. adapters have. Um, yeah. Everything's got firmware. And Alex pointed out in the chat, I don't have, if you're if you're watching us live, he has a, a, a picture here where he talks about the IS motors, the autofocus motors, the electronics, yeah, and it's like yeah, a have, breakdown have, of Have you ever of, looked at a cross-section of a lens? Yes. It's but a he has a screenshot of like all the different parts that go into it. Yeah. If you, if you think about the motors like they have to use for the car. vibration reduction stuff, it's kind of amazing. Like yeah. ultrasonic I'm just motors. saying, as I told Alan this week, there's somebody somewhere who's got a CAD drawing of like lens. And he goes, well, I want to make this lens, this focal length, but I want it to be f2.8 instead of f4. Somebody, got and, he, sp- and he drags a slider. <laughs> yeah. And all, the, and all the lenses grow and nope. all the casings grow. Nope. And all this stuff happens. Nope. And it's like algorithmically we know nope. how to make this That's optic happen. That's how Ryan happen. thinks it works. Nope. And then you tweak it a little bit to get the size down and weight maybe. That's but I'm telling you, even- it's, it's probably like in Google SketchUp or something like that, <laughs> right? Like they did a vBasic slider thing across uh-huh. it. That's uh-huh. all it is. Yeah. If f2.8 then bigger, bigger. Right? That's, yes. pretty much, it's, it's, that's pretty much that's bigger factor works. to two. Yeah. Yes. I see. <laughs> All right. Who's next? Uh, me. 
No. No, no. not you. There's, not there's, are you new to this podcast? Person. Oh, that one. <clears throat> I am I am I'm going to buy six and a half inch video cards from now on out. <laughs> As you you'll, you're, you'll live a better life. Actually I'm <clears throat> I'm I'm a proponent of thirty three inch rails. Thirty three and a half inch deep rails? <laughs> yes. Yeah, and maybe a little bit less wide. But you know what? If if <laughs> you've got a rack that you just don't have rails, it's going to fit your new uh, server. Or you bought some Rosewell case that look kind of nice, but their their rails are crap. You can buy these things for only thirty bucks. They're adjustable. You can pretty much fit anything on them, and it works. You got to be a little careful deracking it. It doesn't have the nice rails that you know pull out and support everything, but. It's easier to put them on the stinking rails, and uh, they stay on there pretty nicely. So, for only 30 bucks, it's not a whole lot of headache for those who like rails. 33 and a half inch. Fair enough. I like it. Right. 33 and a half inch. All right, Alan, now you're allowed to go. Hey, so you ever try and do math with, like, kilo, mega, never do math. micro, nano... Sure. You know, like maybe if you're doing like electronic stuff or like, you know, microfarads and like kilo-ohms and stuff like that. And if you try to do that in a calculator, like how would you normally type those numbers in? Sure, sure. No, like that was a question. Oh, how would I type that yeah, in? Yeah, like how would you like how would you type in like a one kilo-ohm in the Google. calculator? Oh, you just Google it? Just word I it. would type in 1,000. 1,000, right? Yeah. But then it starts getting confusing if it's like, you know... 4.7 micro or yeah. know, like you know 0. 0.000 you know like it's pain in the butt kind of right sure so what if you had a calculator that you could just type in 4.7 and then there was just a micro key right and if you hit it a really it just small puts key. the micro after the number huh a yeah, really, small really, key. really really small key um <laughs> you should see the nano key um mm. what if you could just type in the number and then just hit the letter that goes after it right and then if you were doing like Ohm's law math or something like that, and when you hit equals, if you just did previously type in two numbers that were using those like engineering type things, the result would just automatically give you whatever it was in K or micro or whatever. Plus cafe, cafe babe, really? That's hex. It's that's hex. That's a hex thing. So it was bad food. Ugh. Um anyway, so it's kind of a nifty calculator. There used to be Casio calculators that did this. That had a mode to do this. Hmm. Um, but, you know, the graphing calculator is a product that drastically sold itself short. No, not a, not a, I mean, just a, like a regular, <laughs> yeah. Like the calculator I used like in my early Navy career to get through all that crap, like right. it was probably borderline cheating because the calculator actually like would let you do that. You could type in something K or something right. Meg, you know. Um, but I just, I couldn't find a software version of that for the longest time and then I finally stumbled across this thing called DevCalc Pro. And if you google for it, I would say go to the show notes and look or cuz there's there's a dev space calc space mm-hmm. pro which is a really cheesy version of this one. It's like a knockoff and it doesn't do what this one does. So it's devcalc all one word and then pro. The pro version is like a buck. It's like 99 cents. Yeah. There's a free version but it doesn't do the engineering like mega giga like that stuff so if you want that feature you have to spend the 99 cents but it's worth it once you use it for a few minutes and you try to do that kind of math with it i found convincing evidence that i was right for for what 
Uh oh. <laughs> 3D camera shutter. Uh, uh, see, look. Oh, it's just a The gu- work is done. Well, it's just a shutter. This mm-hmm. is Maya. This mm-hmm. is not how things get it's made. You only don't a make shutter. Mm-hmm. You don't make models to make things in Maya. You make models for video games in Maya. They, they're doing this in for video games? That's, 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 that's Katia for this. Yeah, that is not. You don't make things to be constructed in Maya. They're just incomplete meshes. And that's just the shutter. They're just adjusting the shutter on it. I'm just saying. But that's all that is. Saying. Is I'm gonna. I'm gonna put 2020 on this story. Is 2020 still on? Uh, is it on TV? 2020, the show, the uh, new show. Wow, I don't think so. Barbara Walters, she still do interviews? Uh, occasionally, I think. <laughs> she, she's not dead. I don't think it's, it's not 20, dead. I don't right. think 2020 is still running, though. Uh, it's probably no. Not. All right. 60 uh, Minutes is. That is it for us this week, guys. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. PCPro.com slash podcast. So you can find all the back episodes as well as the show notes, all the stories we talked about if you missed anything. Um, and then, again, of course, PCPro.com slash subscribe if you want to sign up for our notifications list. Uh, PCPro.com slash live if you want to watch us record the show every week, Wednesday, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. And then, of course... Of course, go to PCPro.com and actually just like read the shit that we write and put up there. Uh, it's very important to us. And if uh, anybody who has contributed to our Patreon campaign, we actually really, 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 really appreciate it. Um, Tig pledged $5 just now. Sweet. Thanks, dude. Thank you very much, sir. We really appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back. I wish he'd have done four ninety nine. dollars It would have made you feel a little bit better. You a little bit. Little Five ninety nine. All right. Or five ninety nine. Round up. Yeah. <laughs> Always round up to the nearest. Round 99. way up. Round yeah. up round up to the Josh term. Oh man. Okay. All right. We'll see you guys next week. I'm Ryan Schrout. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. And I'm Alan Montano. Bye. If you enjoyed this content, consider supporting in depth technical content by contributing at patreon.com slash PC per.